Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. Uh, interesting week. Yeah, it went by quick, but also yep. very slow, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's that's life. Yeah, we are, we are uh, where I am, we are right up into our... Um, we were already in lockdown, but they they issued a stay-at-home order, so it's uh, um, not much has changed for us, but it does feel extra isolating to just be forced. Uh, not, I guess not forced. It's a stay-at-home order, but it's not like, I don't know, you can leave your home. It's weird. <laughs> I mean... And all of this well, is weird. I'm 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 not I'm not explaining anything new. It's all weird, right? Uh, if you want my thoughts on my governor, you can go to Discord from this past week and me yes. and Jimmy discussed him a bit in there. Yes, yes. Well, you know what? It's uh it's it's weird all over the world and uh but we're we're yeah. here So our dis- next political discussion. Oh wait, no, this is <laughs> no, no, Faye. No. I was just going to say <laughs> we're here to uh you know maybe uh disappoint you right at the beginning, but quickly focus to what we're actually supposed to talk about, which is Fire Emblem Heroes and um not a whole lot of it to talk about tonight, including the fact that we uh Eddie and I both had very minimal summoning in the banners that are available, which are the Weekly Revival Banner 25, New Power going into the 19th, Shared Purposes going into the 27th, Hostile Springs going into the 27th, and New Year Omega Heroes going into the 31st. Um, Eddie, you did you did not get any new units um, from your free summons in terms of five well, stars. Well, I got three to four star units, but yeah, yeah, no new five star units. No new three to four stars either, but... Well, there you go. Um, for me, though, I, I think I kind of mentioned it last episode that I was thinking, oh, maybe maybe Sarah is a healer I want to, you know, pick up and then have a have a new healer around. And sure enough, from one of my few free tickets, one of my first few, uh, I got a Sarah off the shared purpose banner. And I thought, OK, yeah, that's pretty good. And I stepped away promptly. <laughs> um, so I'm happy about that. Yep, I got two units from that banner I haven't gotten. and then. Uh, one, I'm down to like three units. Uh, technically, there's a, a heroic grail unit that I haven't picked up yet that I need to go pick up. But yeah, keeping my numbers low, but I'm letting it grow a little. And one of the two units that I don't have yet is the three to four star unit. So Mother I'll probably get her eventually. Oh yeah, they'll pop up. Don't worry. Yeah, they'll pop up. But uh, we do have some other stuff going on in the coming week. Um, Starting up by the 24th, we have the, and it might be up by the time we post this, but the Dark Desert Rituals banner and login bonus starting tomorrow on the 18th. Uh, the Love of Family Tempest Trial starting in the 19th uh, to go with that Dark Desert Ritual banner. Uh, the Heroes with Combat Boosts starting on the 20th, as well as the Colosseum and Ordeals quest starting up on the 20th. The Dark Burdens and Peaceful Ends banner and Forging Bonds Revivals starting on the 22nd. And the Pon- uh, with Ponza Loki starting on the 23rd. And the Iago Grand Hero Battle Revival starting up on the 24th. Nice. Yeah, um, as, as mentioned in the upcoming events, you said we were going to have a new Special Heroes banner. Um, and uh, we're not going to talk about those heroes tonight, even though I believe our release schedule would put this out right as the banner is coming out. But we like to have some time to uh, let the heroes settle in, but also give us some time to maybe summon 
and maybe collect some of those heroes and get some time with them. Um, but we aren't going to just shy away from talking about them. We do have our special heroes preview, the Dark Desert Rituals. The February special heroes continue to be a random approach as we move to heroes worshipping the evil Fire Emblem dragon from Awakening, which is Grima. So they they found another one. No longer are picnics and hot springs viable. Um, that is a one and done, and we are moving into the uh, checks notes worshipping the Fire Emblem evil dragon from Awakening. Um all units are wearing Plagian ritualistic garb, and leading the charge is Tharja from Awakening. We saw her pretty blatantly in the um, silhouetted preview we got. A lot of people latched onto that pretty quick. Followed by Katarina from New Mystery of the Emblem, Raphael from Three Houses. I was going to make an Indigenous joke there, but I uh, did not prepare that copy, so I'm sorry. And a harmonic... Harmonic? Uh, is it... <laughs> Harmonic. I feel like I'm missing a f- syllable in there, but um, maybe not. Harmonic duo featuring Dorothea from Three Houses and Lean from Genealogy of the Holy War. Rounding out the event is Male Chris from New Mystery of the Emblem for the Tempest Child's Plus Reward. These heroes are just arriving, so we'll go over their skills, as I said, next episode. Um, and I believe the four-star unit is Raphael. I could be wrong. Yes, Raphael is the four-star unit, and as you said, Chris, male Chris from is the TT unit, mm-hmm. uh, X unit. So, yeah, this falls in the category of why is this a special banner? And I guess there are reasons behind it, but it just kind—it's not a kind of like some people felt about the pirate and ninja theme. It's not a theme that really fits as a special banner to me. Yeah, so. I think it like the the February stuff. It kind of falls, and this and is I guess technically January, but uh, did I say yeah? I guess you're right. Why do I, why did I say February? <laughs> I'm surprised I'm not you didn't because sure, February is the Valentine's one. Yeah, I know, I but figured I'm su- I'd mention it after the thing, and then I forgot what I was gonna. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't mention no. it like as I was saying it because it's just so blatantly wrong. Why did I say? I'm so sorry, guys, uh, folks. Um, yeah, it's not the February special heroes. It's still January. I'm just hoping for February because I said like January is a it's a weird month, especially now. Um, but yeah, I'm sure everyone's hoping it was February. No, um, yeah, the January mid, the mid January special heroes seem to be this grab bag of what can we have stick? And as you said, we saw it with the pirate, the pirate and the ninja banner where it was like, kind of like, okay, um, more one and done things. And I I think pirate is fine. I think ninja is fine. I, I just wonder if this was kind of like super specific, unless I'm mistaken here in that the um the plegians sort of exist across multiple fire emblem games and not just awakening like i know awakening is connected to marth's games a little bit plegia itself only exists in awakening okay you know um a similar theme uh, region might exist in other games but plegia itself only exists in awakening as far as i know and Tharja notes this is the outfit of her homeland because mm-hmm. she is plaguing and awakening even, you know? Um, yeah. I guess I just, I, I agree with you in that, like, how I, I understand why it's a special hero banner, but I don't know, like, you're, you're kind of setting yourself up of, like, there's not much more you can do here. Um, 
And yeah, it kind of feels like um, the uh, January and what was it? April banners are going to be grab bags of random stuff, as well as, I guess, now that we have the pirate, the August and the um, September ones are going to mm-hmm. be grab bags, because that was when we got the pirates and ninjas. Um, what was April last so, year? Was that the picnic April one? last year was the 30th anniversary one. Oh. It was the picnic, year, picnic the year before. Oh, okay. Uh, pretty sure March is the uh, Easter banner. Mm-hmm. Uh, February is Valentine's. June is Bridal. Or maybe it's May that's bridal, and June is the June and July are the summer banners. August has been August and September have kind of been dance banners and other random banners, so they've always been kind of random. Um, and then October's Halloween, November is uh, no special, I guess, because they did. Well, no, what did they Wasn't do for ninja? special this year? That might have been Ninja. So September was. September was the dance banner this year, so they've kind of shifted September to being the dance banner. It it feels like they've really they're trying to set up a um a special hero banner every month. You can see a good chunk of discussion in Discord in our Discord channel. Um and I kind of pointed out this that um yeah, doing a special heroes banner once a month allows them to kind of limit the number of heroes added to the regular pool. Uh, so they can hopefully get less complaints about how filled with pity breaks the regular pool is before they drop clean it up every year around April, I think. So, yeah, I I could see that. I I guess it's just I don't have a problem with more special heroes, and I I don't have a problem with them kind of adding these one offs that kind of offer some cool looking units. Um, we'll obviously talk more in depth about you know, what these characters can do and, and how they look. But I think across the board, they all look, uh, they all look really great. They all look really neat. Um, I dig the sort of plug-in style. I think obviously it fits Tharja really well. Cause that's her, you know, that, that she's usually walking around in something like that. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, Raphael's a nice addition to this as someone just like running around in this in this garb too so i i think it's oh, don't lie you just like is uh bare chest exposed there i mean there's a whole lot of them hanging out <laughs> that, that outfit is not containing Raphael very well <laughs> then again his outfit in three houses doesn't contain him very well i mean he's just, wearing he just is openly not you know buttoning it up here <laughs> yeah i don't think he can button it up i mean i don't want to i don't know how true i know true, how shirts work and and I don't think that's I think a if we look at Mustafa, it might actually kind of fit with what Pledgian generals or Pledgians tend to wear. Yeah. So again, I have no problem with this banner. I, I think it's one of the better. Look, I mean, you're as long as you're above the bar of picnic banner, I think we're good. So yeah, and as as I mentioned, you know, in the Discord discussion, I've come to realize that my issue with it isn't so much. It's just more that I'm not overly fond of this concept. Yeah, you know. This this design outfit is like I'm not sure I really fully feel this should be a special heroes, but it's really not that bad as far as special heroes banners go. Just not a outfit design that I'm overly fond of. Yeah. Like I don't need more of these. I'm fine for a one off. I think Chris being the Tempest Trials is a little weird. If yeah, if if there's any real complaint about this banner, it's Tharja. She's just in her normal outfit with a special hat. And a special weapon. Hey, 
sometimes you just want to go. There might be subtle hat. differences to her outfit, but still, no, it's really not that different from her normal outfit. I think you're right. Like I, I think that could easily be, you know, like a brave Tharja or a or a legendary Tharja if you if we got down the list that much. Um, but yeah, I can see where you're coming from on that. Uh, yeah, but we'll di- we'll discuss it in more detail next week. Hopefully, that gives everyone enough of a preview so they can. Um, at least know what's coming uh, as you're playing the game and listening to this podcast. And that is pretty much going to do it for uh, for Fire Emblem Heroes, Eddie, unless unless you've got something else you wanted to chat about. We are stepping into Game Club. Uh, before we do that, I do want to note there was uh, sort of out Realm Gate sort of news. It's kind of in the middle there, so we'll mention it here as we're transitioning. Uh, there was a bit of a sad loss over the past couple weeks. Uh you know, we're going into three houses here, and uh, we start off with a bit of sad news. Uh, sometime over the past couple of weeks, uh, Brad Venable passed away. He is notable because not only did he voice some Fire Emblem Hero characters, I think Merlinus and um, uh, who else did it say? Uh, uh, Merlinus and Cormag in Heroes. Uh, he was also in Three Houses as the voice actor for Costas, who will be uh, who is the bandit leader from these first three chapters here in Three Houses. Uh, he also voices Nader, a character that uh, will be interacted with later in the game. Uh, I know you definitely fight him. I'm pretty sure you fight him in one of the pro- paralogues, and uh, there, you know, so you definitely will encounter him later in the game. It's a bit of a sad loss, and we thank him for the characters he provided to us. Wanted to mention that since we're actually encountering him so no that's i mean it's it's a i think this news kind of popped up just before we recorded last week and i think it's important to note when um a a voice actor passes away that's connected to to fire emblem because fire emblem is such a a rich cast of characters and and a rich cast of of voice actors that it's it's when someone does pass away in the community, it's it's almost a surety that they have some connection to this very vast um, franchise that has many characters that need to be voiced, especially with Fire Emblem Heroes having every character that comes in, whether they're from a voiced game or not, requiring a voice. So, yeah. yeah and the sure. other notable place he was in is um, he was the voice, uh, the voice for the Honest Game trailers over on Fandom or whatever. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I appreciate uh, you bringing that up and making sure we chat about that because I think it's really important to to note that. So if you remember some of his work and and uh, you want to check out sort of the Serene's Forest post that we have linked in the show notes, you can learn a bit more about uh, his stuff and and check that out for sure. We're gonna move into uh, we're gonna move into game club here and we're gonna talk about three houses white clouds uh the cloud the cloud the clawed root um and yeah we are kicking off game club with three houses because that is uh what was voted for for extra life and we are going to be talking about the prologue chapter one and chapter two kind of getting us up to speed with the fire emblem three houses sort of formula that you guys know and love and it takes a couple of chapters to get to it and uh, we'll we'll sort of set our cadence as we go from there. But Eddie, why don't you kick us off into the prologue with uh, Three Houses? Yep, uh, the stuff we did this week is very tutorial heavy. And we start with the prologue where we open with a cut scene of a battle between the Lady Saros and Nemesis. 
As the battle ends with Sarah's victorious and talking to her mother that Nemesis is gone, we flash through various scenes and find ourselves in a black void, apparently waking someone on a throne from their rest. After picking our gender, name, and birthday, we wake up and uh, speak to Geralt about our dream before bandits appear, chasing three mysterious people. Upon defeating the bandits, the Knights of Saros appear, and their leader, Alois, recognizes Geralt and insists you come to Garagmach Monastery with him. Uh, you find out that the three that were being chased are students at the monastery, and not only that, they are lords of the three nations of the continent, uh, and also the next leaders of those three nations. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, they give us a they give us a really interesting setup. I remember when I originally played Three Houses, um, there wasn't a lot known about the game. I think it was the E3 prior. Was it the E3? No, it was the E3 the year before release. I'm 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 struggling to remember sort of how it was unveiled, but I remember being very excited for the game, and then finally getting to play it, and then realizing that they are putting forward these these three lords right away, and it's like okay, clearly we're gonna have to make a a choice right away. Um, with these very few moments with these characters, but I I feel like the moments they give us, especially in the prologue, do give you the banter you're looking for to help you decide which charismatic leader you're going to want to follow. Um, without yeah, being, I mean, I, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say without being dragged down by creepy sidekicks like Hubert and Didu. <laughs> so uh, that was all I was going to say. Yeah. Um. Like, the lead-up info did indicate you were going to be picking one of these three lords to work with. And this prologue kind of uh, fakes you out and asking you which land you hail from, which I believe when this first came out, some people thought might be the point where you actually choose which house you're going to be leading, although that comes up later in Chapter 1. Uh, but, you know, threw some people off. So, But it gives you a bit of info, introducing the lords, getting to know them a little. Uh, you discuss with the mysterious voice in your head uh, who these lords or who, you know, characteristics of the various lords. Um, so, mm -hmm. yeah, it's a nice little intro. It is nice. And you also get the, okay, here's the thing. You get the, you get the moment where you are, uh, the, there's a bandit, the bandit leader is coming after Edelgard, right? Yep. I'm not, yeah. Okay. Costas there, yeah. Yeah, and he is coming after Edelgard, and you step in and kind of just put your back to the enemy. And I thought, like, okay, that's a really dumb move. Like, aren't we trained mercenaries? <laughs> like, who does that? Oh, yeah, it's kind of a dumb move. But it leads directly to, like, oh, no, you can, I can time travel. They don't give you that right away. Rewind like, you get... time, not really time travel, per se, but yeah. Well, oh, that's time travel. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I guess you're not going to it. Yeah, okay. Peanuts and apples or whatever the it's, phrase is. It's definitely... One could argue it's time travel. To me, time travel is stepping through a thing and appearing from point A back to point. Yes, or point choosing your destination. Or, it's not time. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I, I realized what I was what I was saying. Yeah, it's kind of like you are rewinding time. but you It have is a, a set form of time travel, but it, I just count it as rewinding, per se. Exactly. No, I agree. I agree. Um, so yeah, they, they kind of introduce the rewinding thing and, and then, and then the move you use after rewind seems like the move you, sh you would have norm, a, a trained soldier would have normally used, which was that, that bad guy has an ax. He's charging this character. I'm going to be ready to defend. Like he just, he holds his sword towards the character. He doesn't do anything, anything crazy. He just kind of, I don't know. It's just, 
Speaking of a side question, uh, mm-hmm. what what did you choose for gender? I went with male Byleth because okay. I played. So I was trying to. I, I definitely my first playthrough I played as female Byleth, and then with the DLC I went with male Byleth, and I thought, you know what, let's let's go through as male Byleth um, on my second. This is my first. This is my second playthrough. So, um, full, full second playthrough, I should say. So I I kind of. I was kind of not keen on male Byleth like from the get go, which is why I chose female Byleth when I first started playing. But then with the DLC, I, I kind of came around on them uh, a little okay. bit. So I am playing through as male Byleth. Um, I went with female Byleth um, and I just kept the name as Byleth. I didn't feel like trying to give a fancy name. Um, and uh, yeah, um, I, this is sort of technically my third playthrough. Um, I've actually already started a another playthrough of. Uh, Golden Deer. Uh, I think I might have done male Byleth on that version, so that's why I chose female Byleth for this one. So we'll get both genders viewpoints in this. So no, that's good. I'm glad. Um, and I mean, it really wasn't much coordination yeah. on our part. I think it just was a lucky accident. So. Yeah, going back to the whole Costas cutscene. Um, I mean, if anything, I would have expected Byleth to maybe tackle Edelgard out of the way. Yeah, but he just kind you of know, steps the in first time. But he just stands and in, in, turns his back to Costas, which makes, yeah, like you said, absolutely no sense. And the movie does afterwards makes more sense, you know. If anything, you know, if you had done your move first and then Costas had juked you and gotten you that way, it would have made more sense. And you know about the juke the second time, mm-hmm. but yeah, so. I don't know it. it the only reason we're nitpicking is because there's really not a whole else that goes on in, in the prologue. It's very much a setup. Yeah. And um, it's a setup in to teach you the very basics of combat in the game. Yeah, for sure. Which we are. It's all old hat for us now. Cause we, uh, it's we, all we old play. hat. There are some special things within this type of game that it tells you about, but doesn't force you to do. Like in yeah. some of the older tutorials. Yeah. It tells you to use combat arts. I did not. No, I, di- I didn't use much combat arts, but it kind of explains the combat arts. It gets you to know more about like fighting alongside your allies, mm-hmm. which gives you boosts sometimes. And you can see that visually uh, in the combat preview yep. screen. Uh, but again, like for most folks, like a lot of people played three houses and I think they did a really good job sort of easing you in to, to the game mechanics. And one of the biggest changes that we get with Three Houses is the monastery um, sections. And it's it's something that both Eddie and I have discussed on how we're going to cover on this on, on this here uh, podcast. But um, in terms of Chapter 1, Byleth and Gerald arrive at Garrick Mock Monastery to find that they've both been offered jobs. Gerald rejoins the Knights of Saros. He was once the captain after mysteriously disappearing 22-odd years ago and Rhea asks Byleth to become a professor pretty pretty crazy that you just show up and you're a mercenary and now you're a professor but um I think it was a solid choice depending on what route you go I guess I played Black Eagle so maybe not a good choice on Rhea's part but <laughs> you know it's it's a case of you know Rhea has suspicions about you that you know you'll may or may not learn more later on um and the fact that you're the child of one of the most decorated former captains of the thing. And, you know, there's reasons behind her choices, but they're mysterious. And even, even considering her reasoning, still a bit questionable. Yeah. Like keep your friends and close, keep your enemies closer. Honest, type thing. It's also, 
Yeah, to be honest, it's also a gameplay decision. Your main character is going to be the, you know, going to need to be involved somehow. So, <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, Rhea asks Byleth to tour the grounds and get to know each uh, uh, house leader. This is when we're first introduced to the monastery sections of the game. Uh, after chatting with Edelgard, Dimitri, and Claude, Byleth is tasked with choosing which house he will lead, he or she, I should say. Uh, from this point, a few days pass, and Henneman, uh, another professor, gives you the rundown of what crests are, so you get a, a brief sort of explanation of what uh, what crests do. This leads us into our first full monastery section where, uh, sorry, I shouldn't say full, but like after you talk to Henneman, you, you start jumping into the monastery and you get more uh, more sections unlock. So you're introduced to gardening, fishing, quests, sort of like random runaround quests, um, dining room and other elements. Uh, the first event for the school year is a mock battle between the three houses. And of course, both of us cheering very much for Golden Deer because that is our house. And I found out when Byleth dies, you fail and you have to start over. So um, Okay, I didn't know about that, but good to know. Yeah, well, I mean... Uh, I've, I was trying to rush through a little bit cause I was like, I, I've done the early stuff a couple times and I'm like, okay, I just want to get through this because I'm finding actually, uh, once I got into chapter two, which I'm not trying to move forward just yet to talk about, but I started to get more interested in the game as, as more characters started to be different from my first playthrough. But the first chapter is very basic, very bare bones. Um, we're both playing New Game Plus, so I'm guessing we both upgraded our professor level to whatever we had maximum available to us, correct? Uh, no, I only went to, like, C+. Okay. I did go to B+. I, want, plus, I wanted something max. for the characters to, or for the character to grow in its professor level as I'm doing some of the random stuff around the monastery, but I wanted more than just the one skill point per month or whatever that you start with. Yeah, because I think I went to B plus and I got like eight, um, okay. which uh, you know again in in the first I think chapter I went six or seven at C C plus. Yeah, so. in the first chapter it's like I guess we're just I'm just gonna f- eat dinner with a bunch of people. Like I'm just gonna keep eating dinners with <laughs> people. So it's like yeah. by the end of it, Byla's probably like I'm too full to go kill these bandits. So it's, or it's the not mock chapter three in it's not until chapter three. Well. The first chapter, you'll only have the one point, even though you've upgraded your professor level, because you don't get them until your next next time you come to the monastery. Um, yeah, but, yeah. So this is sort of like a half monastery. It's 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 more just talking about the the running around, but um, this is still very much a tutorial chapter. There's oh, nothing yeah. super exciting going on, but um, I I still enjoyed you know running around and talking to everyone but but it is alarm it's it's kind of jarring having played through the game already and having mm-hmm. a chapter that locks you out of like a lot of stuff like lost items and oh yeah um recruitment and that sort of thing yeah but, a lot of the side stuff is still not accessible like um since we're playing new game plus we have our statues upgraded to some degree maybe fully upgraded depending on if this is our second or third it's my third playthrough um like I said, I technically have a half a playthrough that I didn't use. I don't know if that would have changed anything. But um, we can't continue upgrading those statues until you unlock it in normal process. Yeah, mine aren't fully unlocked. So I've kind of been, um, I, I put in, I, I unlocked all the support 
or no, sorry, I unlocked all the, my professor level to B plus, which was my maximum. And then I got characters that I, I knew I wanted to recruit and not kill later. <laughs> um, <laughs> I upgraded their support to whatever I had available to me. And um, I think I, I was trying to, I'm pretty sure the renown is used to upgrade the statues, right? I'm not crazy yes. there. Okay. So I've held on to about like 20,000 renown to kind of pump into those statues because I did not have them fully. Um, and fully you will unlocked. get more renown as you go through. But yes, that yeah, is true. Um, my statues are fully upgraded. So um, I pumped, I may have saved about 10 to 20,000 renown as well, but I had a bunch more. Uh, I pumped. Um, a bunch of stats uh but boosted all my stats to C and boosted all the uh characters that I could upgrade to B support level. Uh we'll explain why or I'll explain why in a moment I went to B support level. But yeah, this one you can't do much. You get taught gardening, fishing, fishing and the dining room features. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about all you can really access. Um you can also access the Amiibo Gazebo. Uh, if you've ever used a Fire Emblem Amiibo on it, you've unlocked a bunch of stuff. I think any Amiibo unlocks some stuff. Fire Emblem unlocks more. Yeah, so. I think the Fire... I I don't know if I scanned all my Fire Emblem... I only have four Fire Emblem Amiibos. Uh, although I guess with the Byleth Amiibo coming in March, I'll have uh, one more. But um, I haven't... Um, although I guess maybe that wouldn't be supported unless they patch it in, which would be a shame if they didn't. Uh, it will probably be supported as a Fire Emblem Amiibo, but it probably won't have any special stuff like the other Amiibos have, where they have special tunes and stuff you can unlock, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, I need to play around with that a bit more. I I need to sit down with the with the Amiibo uh, gazebo and, and do but a yeah, bit it's, more. It's not likely to have any of the very fancy, or although even, even the other ones, it's not very fancy. Like I said, each you only have to scan one Amiibo to unlock everything uh one fire emblem to unlock the extra area i believe as well as more than normal drops on the main monastery and if you scan the other fire emblem i believe it unlocks like special music during auxiliary battles or something like that oh, i don't know where the setting to do that is but Not sure either I'll have to play around with it um, for next week because I have I don't know if I've scanned yes. all my all my Fire Emblem amiibos, but uh, yeah, yeah. You, you end with the mock battle, which I didn't know if you could lose or not, but apparently you can. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm here to impress, so I did lose <laughs> that battle. Uh, just Byleth got caught out, and I'm like, oh no, I can rewind. This, mm, this is yet. bound to be one of the tougher mock battle, one of the tougher battles because you have no chance to try and upgrade your specific characters. Um, you know, and I am because of the difficulty I'm playing on. I'm spending time overpowering all my characters, so I will have extra powerful characters. What difficulty are you playing on? Uh normal. I didn't go with hard or anything. So oh, well, isn't normal? I'm playing on normal too. I mean, I, you get overwhelmed if you stick your characters out for sure. But oh yeah, in other maps you will like this in the bandit one. Um, you're going to have uh. Is, are going to be two of the tougher ones. As of chapter three, you have the ability to, to uh, do auxiliary battles that don't cost any points, so you can just grind away at stats and skills as much as you want. Gives you a ton of money, and you can level up your characters a lot higher than they would be on hard and above. So, 
Mm-hmm. But yeah. speaking of heading towards chapter three, we have chapter two coming. Uh, after we um, finish, I can't remember if it was at the end of chapter one or the start of chapter two, uh, we see Costas chatting with his mysterious benefactor. Um, the bandits are being abandoned for their failure and, uh, you know, are going, he says, uh, Costas asks, what do you expect me to do? And his benefactor says, I expect you to die. Uh, you screwed up. And, um, so, uh, you get that little cutscene. I don't remember if it was the end of chapter one or start of chapter two. Uh, but after winning, um, and like I said, I have now found out that you can lose, uh, the mock battle, we are told... I'm not trying to review about it. No, no, it's no, it's fine. You should mention it one in, more time. <laughs> I put in that I don't know if you can lose in the notes. So now oh, that it's okay. changed, I was on the fly, not fully just cutting it out. Um, well, let the, the record show, he did actually have that in the notes. He's not just saying that to cover his face. I, I, will, yeah. I, will, I will vouch for that. Go ahead. Uh, we are told each month we are expected to complete a task assigned by the church, and this month our task is to chase down the bandits that attack the students. We are then led to a bit of tutorial as each week of this month we are required to pick uh, three of the four options available at the start of each weekend. Uh, the first weekend is another exploration of the monastery where we can start recruiting students, access Abyss, and recruit the students there if we can slash want, as well as unlock various additional features around the monastery. Um, you also unlock a couple new areas to explore, uh, but not all of them yet. We also unlock uh, that's what I just said. Uh, the second week, we are taught about auxiliary battles, uh, where you are limited by your professor level as to how many auxiliary battles you can participate in. Uh, though depending on your difficulty, uh, both of us are doing normal, so there will be at least one auxiliary battle section that is free, won't cost points. Um, and finally, you are taught about seminars, where various teachers can teach up to six students about a couple specific skills. Uh, this month also starts instruction during the weeks where you teach the students in various skills, allowing you to boost uh, various skills further outside of battle, including doing um, one-on-one with the various students. Uh, that is uh, limited by their motivation, how many times you can teach them during your one-on-one session. Uh, and the number of students you can teach is based on your professor level. Uh, You can assign two students to a chore around the monastery that will boost one of the three movement skills, uh, riding, flying, or armored, uh, and setting goals. And you can set goals for each of the students to focus on during the week. Uh, At the end of each week, they will get, I think it's 20, but a certain amount of uh, points in that based on whether or not they have a... It can be increased or lowered based on their uh, boon or bane in those skills. The chapter ends with the knights having cornered the bandits in Xanada, the Red Canyon, and you being sent with eight students to defeat them. This being the first bout of quote-unquote real combat, Sothis grants you the power to rewind time like she did to save you, because the weight of losing quote-unquote children, although most of them are 18, children in combat is too too heavy, uh, so she wants to try and minimize the chance of that happening. Uh, Also, uh, during this battle, as each unit kills for the first time, they will have a special quote. Uh, After battle, you sit and speculate because the Red Canyon feels familiar to you, even though you've never been there. And Sothis is grateful for what you have done, though she does not know why. And Sothis was the mysterious girl in the prologue. I 
don't remember if you learned her name this chapter or the previous chapter, but yeah, she remembers her name. Remembered it in the prologue, but yeah, I can't remember. But uh, this this chapter, you're right. It kind of opens things up a more, a lot more. Uh, you do get more of the monastery, which um, does bog down the game a bit. I know that was one of the critiques that was levied at the game at launch was that the monastery, while um, interesting and different and fun, took a while to get through, and it almost felt like it was three quarters prep, one quarter battle, like as opposed to what we're used to in Fire Emblem, which is battle chunks of story, preparation, battle, that sort of thing. So they really expand upon that interstitial moments between battles, which um, for longtime fans can, can was risky, I think, of of uh, of the developers. But But I think it paid off to a certain extent because it allowed you to spend more time with the characters, which was one of the one of the key things that everyone loves about Fire Emblem games is is the characters. So you can really focus on whatever characters you want that aren't in your house or are in your house and kind of ignore the rest because there's just so many options available to you with three houses of characters, right? So Yeah. I mean although three houses of characters is I think maybe even less than your average Fire Emblem game. It's more than Shadows of Valentia, but I think there are a number of other games that have quite a few more characters than just the 24 plus six or seven extra side characters. But a majority of them are presented to you at the beginning of the game. So that's kind of where you're able to, like, if you find someone that you absolutely despise, it's like, okay, I I want nothing. I'll talk to him just to clear his speech bubble off the map, but I'm not going to, like, give him shit or find his lost items. Like, he can do that. He or she can do that himself. Um, I I just, I, I, it's a double-edged sword. And I think when we chat next week, once it opens up even more, including the DLC stuff, I think that it'll be an interesting conversation. But I felt like in chapter two, it was a lot. And I'm the kind of person that wants to check every box going through it. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, the monastery stuff is definitely time-consuming and at this point, um, or definitely time-consuming. I think, especially on your first playthrough, it's very interesting and useful and allows you to get to know the characters even a bit more. Uh, but yeah, at this point, it's, you know, being a second or third playthrough, it kind of is just go check off the boxes, use up every, all your stat points or your monastery points, and get on to the battles or whatever you decide to do the rest of the month before you're end chapter or end of the chapter goal uh so it varies month to month or week you know game chapter to chapter yeah Um, i mean it's just it's i i'm not gonna harp on it every week i don't necessarily want to be like yeah monastery is not that great but i think um it is more relaxing than the battles like you can kind of take your time with it i i think playing week to week um is not maybe the is is maybe the better approach in terms of like trying to have um i don't know like your focus on it i felt like when i was originally playing the game and wanting to like consume it as much as possible the uh the the long moments in the monastery were kind of like getting in the way of the story cuz really for the most part the monastery is kind of like just it's not dialogue that is uh, adding much 
you know, there are like, a few chapters where the dialogue in the monastery is more important, but yes, for the most yeah, part. Yeah, but a few is like of the twenty odd chapters, it's it's not it's not enough. But I, but I'm not saying it's 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 a pointless addition. Like there are some characters where it's just like, oh, I heard blah blah blah. But other times it, it is interesting if you have an interest in the characters. Um, but I'll be interested to see in in second in my second playthrough whether talking to everybody is going to be is is eventually going to be interesting but i I feel like once the abyss sort of opens up and i get those those four new characters roaming around maybe or not roaming around but available to me it'll be a little more interesting um so abyss should have been available this chapter oh maybe i didn't go in it yeah i definitely access to abyss there's a gentleman right next to your room which will take you down to abyss uh i might have not not, i might have just not gone into it in chapter two so that's my bad. So I, 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 I went into it in chapter three. So I kind of kept playing a little bit just to get some more monastery time in. As did um, I, I. I was actually more getting more um, battle time because as, as I always am, I tend to grind up characters quite a bit, way more than I probably should or is sane. But I do tend to mess with characters, uh, grinding up characters. So I've been doing a bit of that already. Mm-hmm. So yeah but i mean for the most part i mean i'm not gonna harp on monastery every time i i I find it to be quite relaxing like when i have time but um if i'm if i'm on a a, a, in a crunch or only have a half hour to play and and just want to do do a battle it's 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 tough but but you know if i were able to move past my own blockades of of just like automatically instructing um not doing the side missions and just kind of like powering through i doubt i'm missing much or, mm-hmm. or i, I doubt I, I know i'm missing some but i'm doubt i'm missing like a large amount of stuff i could do that but but i can't like i physically i physically have to do it all because that's just the type of person i am in playing a game oh, yeah. like i i can't i can't ignore it even though i am complaining about it so it's totally my bad Totally my bad. It's kind of what's kind of half driving me crazy with my playthrough is that I have to do it all. And one of the things I tend to like to do is grind up a bunch of gear. So, you know, I want to get each character every class at some point. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna whether do I'll do it this game through playthrough or not, I don't know. I probably will start running out of time in future weeks. But I'm doing a lot of extra grinding in this, so I'm going to have overpowered characters. Uh, but speaking of, uh, you know... The monastery. Um, this month, like I mentioned earlier, I had boosted all my stats to see characters uh, on Byleth, as well as boosting all the support of the uh, side characters not in the Golden Deer um, to B, uh, if I could. Uh, the first month, they didn't have access to the... Um, well, they might have been there. The Abyss characters might have been there. I just didn't have any supports unlocked for them. Um, because this is the first proper playthrough because of the what safe one I use uh, with them in it. Um, so I, uh, at before the monastery exploration week, I had Ferdinand come to me and ask to join my house uh, because a feature in uh, the game is if you have a character's support level at B or above, they will randomly during the week come to you and ask to join your house, potentially. Uh, but during that exploration, I went to everyone, uh, Monastery and Abyss, and recruited everyone that I could recruit. So, 
So you got so so you did get everybody outside of every student outside of Golden Deer that you could outside of like the the, the house leaders and yeah the you can't recruit Edelgard Hubert uh, Dimitri or Dudu on three three house or Golden Deer route. So everyone but those four and any of the uh, teachers and adults. Uh, church people you cannot recruit until specific chapters if they're recruitable at all mm-hmm. but uh so picked up everyone i could which, which was most everyone so good that's good stuff I, it sounds weird but it's going to be claude and mostly female characters because well, i tend to like the female claude. i tend to like the female characters more than the guys yeah, there's, there's, um, I think the personality side of things, like, I, I think the female characters are a bit more, a bit more built out in terms of like their interactions with everybody and, and just the way they, they just present themselves, I guess, with, with other characters. Uh, I, I think there's some, there's some solid male characters as well. Like, I kind of, uh, in the DLC, yeah. I kind of grew more, I, I learned to appreciate more, um, What's the one? I can't even remember. Is it Ignatz? Ignatz? Like, he's he's kind of interesting. He's like an archer. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. Ash uh, was in the in the DLC. Was it Ash? Who am I? Th- okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, three, yeah you get the three lords. You get Ash, Hilda, and Linhart, I believe, were the three non-lord characters that came with you. Plus yeah, the four, I'm not a fan of Linhart, but Ash, and Ash was pretty cool. Like, he's the, he's the brawler. And then... Um, Ignance, Ignance is the, and I know I'm probably getting his name wrong. Um, he no, was he's, Ash. Ash is the student that was in the original game that is an archer in Cindered Shadows. The brawler would be um, Balthus. Who am I thinking of then? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, Ignance is. He's not. He's Ignatz in Golden. Is not in Cinder Shadows at all. No, he's part of Golden Deer. I'm just trying to remember if he's an archer or not. I mean, maybe I just have him using an archer or a bow. So. I think Ignatz has a proclivity towards arch- archery. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think I generally do make him mute, uh, focus him as an archer when I play with him. Um, yeah. And I mean, I played Black Raphael Eagle. is the golden deer one that starts with you. That's more of a brawler. Yeah. Um, I remember playing Black Eagle and Ferdinand at first being annoying, but he kind of, he, he has that interesting dynamic being like the son of the prime minister or whatever. And, Yep. And he's he's got this rivalry with Edelgard, and and it kind of evolves in an interesting way. Like they kind of both, I, I guess. Ferdinand, yeah. When you first meet him, he comes off as stuck up and, uh, you know, privileged, and he is privileged and a bit stuck up. But he, you find out that he does have a good heart, and mm-hmm. he does want things that are good, and he just because of his privilege, he doesn't realize what a moron he is at times. <laughs> There's a couple of those characters. That's the nicest way to phrase it, but yes. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the idea. That's the, I think most of the noble characters, uh, especially the noble male characters, come off as a little snooty and standoffish, but then as either either you learn more about them or you kind of change their ways. Like I got, um, uh, I never got support for lauren's and then i got a support com- his first support conversation and i finally understand like 
some of the conversations we had about his summer character uh, or, uh, last year. And um, yeah, like he's 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 a he's a big ball of nope like i don't like him whatsoever and then i <laughs> I saw that uh support conversations like oh this guy's clueless and i'm sure as we continue to have support conversations like i'll you know we'll we'll point him in the right direction he'll be a better person but as of right now um he's 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 really full of himself so it's it's been a while i don't know if we ever get to better person but i think we get to more tolerable at least well Hey, you know, that first support conversation is pretty bad. Um, so uh, if that's how hey, we if that's how it progresses, I guess that's better than nothing. Um, on the surface, Lawrence and Ferdinand seem to be very similar. It's just. They are different, but how they're different is hard to really label. And I think I find Ferdinand is more palatable even at the end than Lawrence. So, mm-hmm. well, I mean, I'm looking forward to you know, obviously chatting more about Three Houses as we continue our playthrough. Um, as we said, we are pushing through at the Claude route. We're going to be continuing White Clouds all the way into Verdant Wind and completing our playthrough of Three Houses over the coming months. Uh, it's going to take a while. It's a big game. Um, we are going to sort of play it by uh, week to week as to how we how we approach the conversation but I think as of right now, we're aiming to complete chapter three to discuss next week. We were talking about maybe splitting up monastery and battle, but I, I don't know if that's going to work. But um, as of right now, we're going to talk about the whole chunk, the whole month, I guess, is the best way to approach it going forward, yes. right? Yep. As of right now, the current plan is discussing the whole month all at once. Um, there may be some later chapters where we decide to split it up, but I mean... After getting into it more, I think this method is going to be the best. And if we find a week where, for whatever reason, we aren't able to complete the chapter that week, um, we go ahead and just postpone it and add an extra week, you know, take a week off type thing. Yeah. And we'll we'll try to announce that stuff. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I'm really looking forward to playing through. I was, um, when I, I'll admit, when I finished these three chapters, I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. But then once I dipped into chapter three, um, in preparation for our next episode, I was like, okay, like, I think this is going to be, this is going to be fine. I just need to, I think I need to budget more time for the monastery. And I, I know it sounds like I'm harping and I promise I'm not going to do it every week, but I, I think once I give it the time it deserves, I actually enjoy the monastery stuff. Um, yeah so like and i'll admit part of the reasoning i was thinking of trying to split it split up monastery and uh end of chapter battles uh was because previous game clubs i will admit most of the time i do them on friday or saturday night mm-hmm. like right before we record and this is a game that you would not be able to do monastery the entire month and the end chapter battle in a day in a quick day so but this week i've hopped in earlier and spent more time in and most of that time was spent on the future chapter already so yeah no that's a good point i think i was the same way i'd I'd usually uh i'd usually do our our playthrough the friday or saturday before recording and most of the time that was not an issue when we were doing one or even one or two chapters but i think with three houses it there's more of an investment especially if i I am unable to sort of 
focus on the battles. And I, and I think that I don't want to just focus on the battles. I think part of Three Houses, what makes it special as a Fire Emblem game and makes it so popular is that is that there is the monastery stuff in there. They really invest a lot of um, time and effort into the into the relationships you have with um, with all the characters. And it really takes those support levels to, well, to the next level and, and kind of expanding upon them as you find uh, all these lost items. I don't know why people have so many holes in their pockets, but they really should get that checked. I've picked up like six items already in my next uh, my next chapter, but uh, I I am using a guide this time around. I have no problem stating that out loud because my first playthrough, I, I didn't use a guide because I'm foolish. Um, but this time around, I am using a guide to just be like, who does this belong to? So- you may not want to. You may not need to bother with a guide after chapter three. Mm-hmm. Just so you know, um, one of the new features added because of the expansion pass. Although we forgot to mention this one, they added the most important feature of the game is that you can interact with the dogs and cats. That's now. true. I inter- I gave uh, some fish and meat to some dogs and cats. Yeah, one of the other new features uh, in chapter three is constant gives you a special quest, which will provide you with a roster, which will actually tell you or give you a hint as to who the um, lost items might belong to. Ah, well, where's the roster? I can't, is it a, is it a battle mission? It's a battle mission. Yeah. Okay, good. It's a mission you pick up from Constance in the abyss and she tells you to go chase down a bunch of thieves and deal with them. And that's a battle mission. Okay. So, so I haven't done that yet. I did get the mission. I was like, I can't find this roster and I figured it must be a battle mission. So, um, yep. Same here. And I've, done my first week of the battle uh, and I'm doing a second week of battle but when you get back to the monastery after that completing that side quest it says you now have access to the roster which will tell uh, give I think it says it like gives you more details about students and trying to recruit them and will help you figure out who the um, lost items go to by like telling you I think it tells you what house they the lost item belongs to mm-hmm. so it narrows it down for you oh okay good I really need that. (laughs) I hated it. I was so bad at it. Okay, well, that's a bit of a preview for next week, and um, I look forward to to getting back to Fire Emblem Three Houses. It might actually be what I play once we finish recording because I am, I am enjoying my time. It's um, yeah, Yeah, probably gonna go grind some more. Might play something else for a bit, but probably gonna do some more grinding some point tonight. There you go. Good stuff. Well, we are excited to be back with Three Houses, and we hope you are too. If you're playing alongside us. Definitely let us know in the Discord. It's been mentioned a couple times. Join our Fire Emblem channel in the Gamers in Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can visit us on the web, gamersinpodcast.com slash fay. Email the show, fay at gamersinpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at R. Murphy, Eddie at Dralfear, and don't forget to follow at the Gamers in for show updates. Be sure to check out serenesforest.net, our go-to resource for Fire Emblem news and information. It's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week and happy summoning.